Hello, everyone. This is episode 716 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, April 17th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Herznez, and today I don't have that much to talk about, and this time I mean it. I usually say that, and then I end up rambling on for an hour, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell am I doing? I said it was going to be a short show, and then it ended up being one of the longest. But this week, it's different, because I only have one new game to talk about, Beholder 2, and maybe some Apex Legends, which I've been putting a lot of time into as I'm trying to make sure I reach level 110 before the season ends in, like, two and a half weeks. I'm at 89, I think, so I have some work to do, but I will hopefully do that. And, yeah, I've also been partaking in the event, which is one of the most boring events, and not really that exciting even the little addition of a horde-ish room with monsters in it which i've never experienced uh, except going there after it has happened and being like oh what's the big deal there's nothing going on here but yeah that's pretty much it i haven't watched anything particularly new or exciting either except some anime i rewatched mob psycho 100 but you'll have to hear about that on my new anime podcast remember i talked about it last episode and it's live now. It went live on Monday. It went live on a Monday. And it's called Amazingly Baka again. You can now get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. And of course, you can take the RSS feed and put it wherever you want. It's also on YouTube in an audio-only form. There's no video company in it. So you just see the, the title of the show there. And uh, I think that's fine. Because there, there are people who like to listen to their shows via YouTube. They don't care about the video. So I, I couldn't do the audio visualizer because the one service I would have used would have been incredibly time consuming. It wasn't really a desktop client as I thought. It was just this shortcut to the web client. So it wasn't it was like the most pointless desktop client in the world. And I spent maybe about an hour trying to create my own with um after effects and i've never used after effects before and it just it was becoming too frustrating i made a decent amount of progress but then i couldn't figure out how to do certain things and my unfamiliarity with after effects led me to just say forget it who cares it doesn't matter maybe at some point i will because it probably would be okay for me to learn after effects for video Flare, I guess. I, I I think that's all you really would use it for is for flare. Um but yeah. Uh Anonamana. Anonamana, that's the name of the podcast. Anonamana. On Amazing Limbaka is live now. I had a lot of fun recording it. I had some fun editing it in that it, it took longer than I expected. It's probably the most I've ever spent time wise editing a show of all the shows I've done because I wanted to make it sound as good as possible. I wanted to clean up the audio as nice as possible. I am proud of that episode. It's only one episode so far, but I'm proud of that podcast. I think my buddy did a great job and I think his voice is fine, even though he would differ. I'm not a huge fan of my voice. I'm just incredibly used to it from talking to a microphone for fucking what? 12 and a half years almost at this point. So, yeah, I'm just used to my own voice. Not that I like it or anything. But, um, 
Yeah. Excited about that. So the way we'll probably end up doing that show is that we'll pick, and I thought this idea would be good. I threw it out to him, and I think he liked it, I believe. But um, that each week we'll be talking about a specific show for the most part, and then you know we'll talk about seasonals and stuff like that in addition to that. But the way we'll pick our shows is that each week we'll alternate. And it'll be whether it's a show we've already watched and want the other person to watch. It's a show we want to rewatch. It's a new show that we've never watched. And we'll recommend a show. We'll never do something that's huge that we can't possibly do in a week. Unless we want to just do like the first arc or something like that. But we're going to probably do that. So this upcoming episode is Mob Psycho. Which I recommended to him prior to making this decision. And then after that... I think we're going to go with Plastic Memories to see how our feelings change. And then we'll get into the actual recommendation back and forth uh, structure of it all. So that should be fun. But before I get to Beholder 2, a bit of news came out about the PlayStation 5 and its development, the, the manufacturing and how many units will be launching. And at first people were at least the the original report i saw was like oh my god the playstation 5 is going to be limited when it comes out and a lot of people were like oh no this means it'll be really hard to get and yes it's going to be limited but it's not super limited it it it's not that i think it's a a liar deceitful to say it's a limited run <laughs> games thing it's not Incorrect to say limited, I guess. I don't know. But the, the report is Sony will make roughly 5 to 6 million PlayStation 5s in the console's first two quarters on sale. And the number is a little bit less than the 7.5 million PlayStation 4s Sony sold from November to March of its launch window. And yes, that's less, but I... I thought, you know, if these consoles are going to be really limited, then it would be a significant limit to like two to three million or or even less in the first six months or so. Five to six million seems okay. And given that these consoles will likely, I think in the report it also said that some developers or people who have worked with the PlayStation 5 are assuming that the console is going to be in the 500 to 550 price range. Given that these consoles are more expensive than the last ones were at launch, because we can assume that the Series X will be in the same ballpark, uh, right around 500 yes, there will be that initial one, one and a half million, two million diehards who don't care about the price. But I think at that price, after you get your, your really big, hardcore people, it'll be a slower tick than usual especially when you have a lot of games working cross-gen and people can just be like oh i can buy this 200 250 xbox playstation 4 and then i can have all this extra money for games and with the way the world is right now and so many people out of work paying 500 dollars for a console even though this is a time when people are looking for something to do with their time when they have nothing else that gaming can flourish, even though you don't want to look at it that way. You don't want to be like, okay, what a great time for gaming, because what else are people going to do? That's not the way you want to look at this situation. But there are 
aspects of that that are just factual that like what are you going to do you're not going to go outside and do things in groups or anything but you and a bunch of groups of people you know a bunch of friends can go play some games online you can play roblox online everyone's favorite game um but yeah i don't know if that will really cause much of an issue, the, the slightly decreased number of units for the first two quarters, but we, we shall see. And pricing is going to be very interesting. I, I can't believe it'll be 549 I think it will be $500 because 549 550 it's just, it's, it's more than $500. That's, that's the thing. When you say $499.99, you can say just under $500. You can say $500, whatever, but... Once you go over $500, even if it was a $501, even if it was that, people would be like, I don't know anymore. $500? Yes. $501? I don't know. Um, But yeah, $500 feels like it's the absolute ceiling for a console. Um, And and maybe that will change at some point, but that seems like the absolute top of the the food chain. Yeah. I think it's still going to be hard, though, for people. I think 400 is where a lot of people would like the ceiling to be. But as consoles cost more to make and they want to make them super powerful and stuff like that, it's something that is to be expected. And, of course, we still have games, you know, have never changed in years at this point when arguably they should be more expensive. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the actual prices for the consoles are when that is announced, whenever it is, and how they are similar or different. Who knows? Maybe Xbox will be like, hey, we don't care how much of a loss this does to us. We're going to come in just under Sony at 450 Who knows? I don't know. That, that could happen. Though at the same time, I, I kind of feel like that even though it's technically cheaper, that there's something about not ending with two zeros or, you know, two nines if you want to just with the semantics of being just under five hundred and stuff like that. That doesn't seem as big as you'd like it from a marketing standpoint. I feel like I look at four fifty versus five hundred and I'm like, I can see that the four is cheaper, but then, you know, there's the the fifty is more than zero zero. And it's like, oh, which is cheaper? I don't, I don't. I guess I'm just saying right there that I think people are stupid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but there's something weird about that. I, I feel like ending with two zeros or two nines or something is just a, a, a pricing structure that people are very familiar with and understand. And I don't know. It, it seems like when you do fifties or forty nines or whatever, that is usually for upgraded things, like with the iPhone, which just got announced, a new one, the SE, the new SE. I'm excited about that. But the retail will be $399 for the the cheapest. And I'm assuming that the higher up one will be $549. Because I think that's the way it works with other similar products. That the the highest one is like $549. So I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about pricing or marketing or this kind of crap, so it doesn't really matter what I say. Anywho, Beholder 2 is a sequel to Beholder 1, which was an interesting game that I played a while ago and, and 
some of the stuff may not be entirely fresh in my mind, but in both games, you are living in a totalitarian state. And in the first game, it's much more smaller in scale and scope as you are the, you're a government appointed landlord of this apartment building. And you are tasked with spying on your tenants and making sure they're not doing anything illegal against the state. Things that, you know, they shouldn't be doing, whether it's having these fruits in their house or doing this particular thing. And you have to report on this when you see it and you will get rewarded for that. And you also have a family you're taking care of that you have to worry about in terms of their health, well-being, all that kind of stuff. And it was a fun game. I did like it, and it has a very distinct visual style that I really liked, which is returned for the sequel. Uh, it's very black and white with not, not a lot of color, Uh very kind of, I don't know, sepia tony. And that's my favorite mobster. Sepia tony. Hey, sepia tony. Um, but for some reason, I fell off of Beholder. And I don't know if it was that I just wasn't in the right mindset. And this could be something that's not entirely correct. But I think maybe it was that it was just a little bit too aimless, that there wasn't much direction. I don't remember if you had a quoted a fill or any kind of actual thing you had to do. I think you may have had jobs or tasks or things that had a certain time frame to be completed in and they would expire or something like that. But I don't remember exactly if there was anything pushing you forward. Uh, if it wasn't something maybe like you're sick, you're sick, your kid was sick or something like that. That could have been something that was in there and you had to worry about that and, and buy the medicine and you had to do your job and get paid in order to purchase the medicine. But yeah, there was just something about it that didn't really grab me. You know, you just be spying on your tenants and getting better at your job, which would allow you to purchase more floors for your building so that you could have more tenants at one time and... That loop just didn't get its hooks in me. Beholder 2 is different in that instead of being just a landlord, you are going into an office building. You get a job at the main government building, I'm assuming. And you get a job after your father, who you've been estranged from for 10 years, just died. He was thrown off the top of like the 15th or like 30th, 15th or 37th floor, somewhere between those two and yeah so you you get a job and the the lower ranks and you can work your way to the top and your initial job is just one aspect of the gameplay but your initial job is very papers please-esque in that you have a quarter to fill uh starting on it's you know get three successful jobs whatever requests uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, a day. And you get paid for these. You'll get rewarded for them with this additional currency you can use for certain other um, things, whether it be bribing someone to give you information as opposed to doing a job for them. You can use that other currency. But that gameplay involves you listening to a citizen's 
request, whether it's a request for information, maybe they want to complain about a person that is bothering them or some kind of media or piece of the the country, a, a, a billboard or what have you that is against the state or this or that, or maybe they have an idea or they want to get this other thing. And you have to listen to the request and then figure out which thing they're doing, whether it's complaining, blah, blah, blah. And then what part of the company you have to send them to. Do you send them to um, the political branch, the society and culture branch, the science and technology branch, etc. And then you have to pick an office for them. And the office has to be open on the day that you're there, the day you're working that current day. And you go through all these. If you get all three of them right, then you get a successful job and you get a little ding and you make 50 bucks for each successful job in that sense. But that is just one part of the game. Whereas the, so the, the first game, Beholder, was a 2D game. This is a 3D game that you play in a 2D space. So when you're controlling the character in general, you're controlling them on a 2D plane, essentially. But the world around you is all 3D. And in addition to doing your job, you also have other things you're doing. Uh, and those involve taking on jobs from other employees, from your boss. And they could be anything from playing a prank on another employee because they just annoy this other person. And spying on your employees to get information that you can use to report on them getting information on them so that you can use it against them later on. Uh, you will find objects in the world that you can use to make yourself better in terms of your hacking ability or what have you. You find books and then you take them home when you're done for the day. And then when you get home, you have a few hours to read, watch TV, whatever. And doing all these things will either grant you new skills, abilities, or give you information that you can use to befriend other people in the world. As you start to talk to more people, you'll have a little dossier essentially in the menus that allow you to look at what you know about someone and how you can use that information against them or to just get closer to them. You don't have to be double-crossing everyone or anything like that. You can play it as nice as you want to an extent, but it... It seems interesting. I do like it more than the first game. It's a, a bigger departure than I was expecting. I, I was kind of just thinking, okay, we're going to be another landlord of maybe just a bigger building or, or something along those lines. But it's continuing the tone and the setting and all that of the first game while doing its own thing. It, it definitely feels like a. it's much more of a focused narrative, which I appreciate. And there's more to it and relationship building and I'm because I don't think that the first game was procedurally generated or anything I think they were all designed specific characters but they feel more alive and like they are real people in Beholder 2 which I appreciate like I'm talking to this one fellow employee and I'm watching this TV show at home so that I have something to talk with her and I'm currently building up a romance with her, which is very nice. I'm, I'm all for games that allow me to romance someone. 
Um, so I like that. But um, yeah, you can break into places, hack terminals, look at people's images. Like it's a fun little world to explore. The one thing I don't like is that while it is on a 2D plane, the act of navigating on that 2D plane is a little bit finicky. It seems like you have to be in the right perfect spot when using the analog stick to move from left to right for your character to run. And if you're not, then they'll just be walking. And it just seems like it's it's very, very sensitive for that particular position to be able to run. And I found that to be a little bit frustrating. And it can feel a little weird because while you are on this 2D plane, at times you will be a little bit, like you're not just moving from left to right perfectly. Like you might be angled so that you are slightly, just ever so slightly walking towards the camera or, or walking away from it. Uh, so it's it's not like you're always on a perfect line that isn't angled or anything. But I'm, I'm digging it. it. It's got its hooks in me way more than the first game, that's for sure. And I'm curious to see how it plays out because I know there are multiple ways for it to play out, which I'm digging. It's it's a game that I'm much more incentivized to replay, even though it does have a bit of a slow start. So replaying it would be maybe a bit of slog initially. Because in addition to all this, there is the overarching story of you trying to figure out what happened to your father, even though you were estranged and you hadn't talked to him for 10 years, you're still trying to figure out what happened to him. Then like 30 minutes in, the the person who was helping you and had some information, he ends up getting executed. And you're in this situation where like, uh, I think a cop is also working with you and wants you to spy on the government and work with them. So there, there are a lot of things going on in this story and in this world. And you can choose what information you withhold, what information you provide, whether you work with this person or that person. And of course, how you decide to do things, it will affect the way your story plays out. And I'm going to be interested to see how a story, a playthrough can differ, if it can in in significant ways. But uh, yeah, I am enjoying Beholder 2 so far. I like the look of it too. It, it brings back the the same visual style and just puts it into a 3D space. And the 3D space looks nice and all, but it also, at least initially when I looked at it, I'm like, oh man, I kind of want to explore this 3D space and I'm just stuck to this 2D plane. And that was a little frustrating, but it's it's fine. And I just, I just wish that it wasn't as finicky in terms of walking around it because there are so many times where I'm navigating the world and I'm going back and forth between walking and running. I'm just like, come on, just just run. Why would I ever want to walk? Like, to me, if I am pushing in the direction that I'm like, if, it, if I am, so the analog stick is 360 degrees, right? If I am pushing in one direction in one of the 180 degrees, I want to be running. If I want to walk, then I'm just going to not push the stick in that direction as far right that's how you would kind of expect it to work not that it's related to the a not apex but the the angle of the the stick where which is how it works in this because it is just on a 2d plane you can't move up and down at all so why does the angle affect the speed at which i'm moving it should be 
the amount of force I'm putting on the stick in whatever direction I'm pressing. If I'm pressing it fully, that should be a run in that direction. If I'm pressing it like halfway in, that can be a walk. But again, I don't even know why I would ever want to walk in this world. It's slow. One nice thing though, when you get a map really early on, you can then just fast travel to places you've been. Once you've passed the security um, thing at the very, like whenever you get from home and go to work, you have to pass through the, the security line, whatever, the, the whole metal detector thing. And once you're through there, then you can fast travel freely because you've passed there. Because what if you had some gun on you on the outside and you're like, I'm just going to steal. I'm going to steal. I'm going to sneak my way through by just fast traveling and avoiding the security check. That's not how it's going to work, buddy. So, yeah, I do appreciate that because moving from area to area requires a very minute amount of loading. But even still... The, the speed at which you're moving, having a little bit of loading, if you are moving through multiple screens to get somewhere, it's nice just having the option to fast travel. So I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, as Beholder 2, I'm surprised by it. I, uh, I was expecting more of the same, and while there is definitely that tone in there, I do like that there's more to it, that it feels more narratively focused, that the narrative feels more engaging and interesting that you have multiple ways to play i I really love paper please so having that aspect of the game that you can really focus on on a particular day like i don't want to mess around with any of my fellow employees i just want to do this with all my time because it also is time-based so you have a certain amount of time to to do stuff for any work day and everything you do will most of what you do will take away some time so when you get down at your desk to work and take in requests and all that jazz, that'll take away from your time. When you go to a shop or use a vending machine, you know that'll take away like 15 minutes of your time. When you break into an employee's uh, office, that will take like 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, and, the, and the same when you're hacking their terminal and so on. And depending on who you're talking to, that might take away 10 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And you have to balance all that out and make sure that you have time to do this or that. Sometimes if you want to talk to the boss, there'll be a line and you have to wait in the line and that will take time. So that's another aspect of the game is that you have to constantly balance the time you have every day to to do the things you need to do. And it's important to make sure you do the things you need to do before you start messing around with the things that you want to do or things that you will be doing as a potential for something else or whatever but um yeah i'm i'm pleasantly surprised with beholder too because you know i was not i wasn't someone who disliked the first game i just kind of fell off it and the second game is Cool, I like it, I like it, I like it. It's it's nice liking things. So um, that's pretty much it, though, outside of Apex Legends, which I've been playing a lot of to get to that Battle Pass level, and I'm enjoying it, but it seems like a lot of times in the past week or two, I've ended up in squads that were incomplete for trios, so there wouldn't be a third, or... 
I would end up in a squad where the third would drop or even the other two. Like I've been in so many incomplete squads that it's been kind of frustrating. But um, it still is a game that feels right. Like no matter how many times I play it and no matter how many times I slide in it, it always feels incredible. The sliding in that game is just so satisfying. I can't stand. I can't stand that something so stupid could feel so good and that it could feel so good after I've played almost 6,000 games in it. It's crazy. I still love it, but like it's especially good if you are at the top of like if you're in um Kings Canyon and you're near the what was that like bridge thing, but you're heading towards where the two or at least one of the the monsters is, and you're sliding down that hill, and it's a long hill, and maybe you, because one of the things I like to do is slide, and then I'll jump, and then fall back into a slide, and it's just, it's the most satisfyingly stupid thing in the world, but um, the event isn't all that interesting, it switches between, I think the way it cycles is that it does World's Edge, and I don't know if it's always the same time frame, but maybe World's Edge for an hour and a half, then King's Canyon for an hour, then King's Canyon after dark for a half hour, and then back to World's Edge. And I think that's the cycle it works in. That's the one I've noticed at least. And I don't mind that, but when I'm trying to complete challenges, uh, some of which, or most of which at this point are just location-based, I'm like, God can we just go back to World's Edge? I have to land in this place or this place and this place, and I have to also kill or knock down people in there. I don't have time to be wasting in King's Canyon right now. But the Bloodhound area where the, the monsters are, I don't know. I've been there once. I'm not even sure where. I don't know. I'm assuming that it's listed on the map, so you can jump there if you want, but I've... Never been there when it's had monsters in it, so I don't know what the monsters are like, but I think I would like to see that. So yeah, I should probably make it uh, a goal to do that at some point, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to talk about Apex Legends at this point because it's just Apex Legends, and this event in particular isn't all that exciting or anything. Season's almost over, so hopefully we'll be hearing about a new legend soon. Who knows, maybe the next season will be delayed because of COVID-19. May I, you know, We don't know what's going on, what will be affected, or just specifically with Apex, how things are, are playing out there with working at home and that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm still hoping that they do a double XP, a double XP weekend at some point before the season ends just to make sure I get what I need. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. So, yeah, haven't watched anything that I can think of outside of some anime, which, of course, is now only for Animazingly Bach. If you want to hear me talk about anime, subscribe, like, all that jazz. Anna, if you still use Apple Podcasts, or even if you don't, just check out the show there. Download it if you want. But, uh you know, rate it and review it. That would be very much appreciated. And, um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. I'm trying to, th- oh, 
I haven't talked about it, but uh, I can't remember if it was after last episode. I did try and watch Cats and Doolittle. Cats was horrible, but it, I, I don't want to blame it so much on the movie, but the fact that I think the musical in general is just fucking terrible. I think Cats is a stupid-ass story with horrible music, and I just have never understood the appeal of it. Like, I watched the the um, Broadway version of it, the, the film Broadway version with the original main cast, and I'm like, this is really stupid, and it's, the music's not good. Like, why why is this such a beloved musical? I don't, I don't understand why people like Cats so much. And, like, I love Cats, the animal, but the, the musical, holy crap, like, whatever. You got the one song that's very well-known, and I'm like, yeah, sure, that, that song's fine, um, but I just, like, I... It was, the movie is just awful, and the thing about it is that it wasn't so bad it's good. It wasn't fun to watch how weird and stupid it was. There was nothing enjoyable about it. It, it, was, it wasn't even like I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is so bad. I felt embarrassed for everyone involved. Just looking, I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to yourself? I, I guess it's because Cats is a popular thing. and like, oh, I could be part of this great thing. But I'm just looking. I'm like, no. This is just bad. Why did you, you do this to yourself? And some of the things they're doing to be cat. Like, I'm like, oh, God. This is, this is embarrassing. And then Doolittle might work as a kid's movie. But the way Robert Downey Jr. acts in some of the scenes, I'm like, it was maybe 10, 15 minutes in where he delivered a line in some way, and I'm like, oh my god, this is what kind of movie this is. This is this is what it is. Okay, fine, I'm out of here. Because I thought maybe that could be enjoyable in a stupid way, but it wasn't. And John Cena plays the fucking polar bear, and I could not, not, like, I couldn't take that. His, his voice is just, I'm not going to say I don't like John Cena's voice, but I don't think I like John Cena's voice. Um. So, yeah. That was that was just kind of what I expected it to be, I guess. I, uh, despite hoping maybe it could be actually entertaining. So yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been watching. Anywho, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find more podcasts like this, like Attack the Backlog and On Amazing Lubaka, all of which can be found on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and Pandora. And if you'd like to check out the video version of Attack the Backlog or On Amazing Lubaka, you can go over to youtube.com slash and watch them there, along with other videos as well. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I meant just listening. God, I will. I need to get used to this and the fact that this show is audio only. If you... What? Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely 
week end. And of course, as always, during this time, stay safe, stay healthy, don't do anything you don't need to do, and yeah, just keep an eye on yourself. Just be healthy and we'll make it through this, right? Yes. Okay. Bye-bye.